Let's get that out of the way first. Basketball fans anywhere, everywhere, appreciate you guys for joining me here for another episode, episode number 88 now of Tate's Take, what we like to call the best, the most informational, the most educational, the most entertaining basketball content on the planet in the form of a podcast, none other than what you're watching right now, Tate's Take. So uh, be sure to go and subscribe, 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 uh, anywhere you find your favorite podcast, iTunes, Google Podcasts. Stitcher, all of the above. Tell your mama, tell your grandmama, tell your baby mama to where to find that at as well. In addition to that, um, also be sure to follow along on all social media platforms at Tate's Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S. That is where basketball lives. I teased it just a little bit, told a couple people, a couple more people kind of chiming in on the live now, seeing that we're doing our thing. And without further ado, I want to bring in not only one of the uh, biggest hoop heads in the business, uh, and I, I didn't think that he gets any more of a hoop head than me myself, but uh, I guess, I don't know, I've, I've learned at a really early age, mama says, there, there's always somebody uh, bigger and better than you are, so I may have met my match, I don't know, uh, but it's certainly really close, my dude, Rick Kamla, former colleague and lifetime friend, I think it's okay to call him that, co-host of Give and Go from Sirius XM NBA Radio, find him on Twitter, at Rick Kamla Sports. Rick, it's been a little while. Uh, how are you doing, man? I appreciate you for joining me today. Deshaun, my guy, uh, the answer is always yes. You know, man, you call, you uh, you reach out, and uh, I'm happy to come on. And uh, I, I don't know about all that intro, man, but you got the hoop head part right. I know that. Uh, we're a couple of hoop heads, so let's chop it up, man. One of the best people in the business, man. And uh, we've got a game three of the Western Conference Finals, uh, a game two coming up on tomorrow of the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know where to start. Let's start with this. I want to save some of the best stuff for last. Let's start in the West. Uh, Game three on tonight. Uh, Phoenix has taken a 2-0 lead from the Clippers. I'm not sure if, like, let me ask you this first. Do you think that it's a stretch to think that we could potentially see uh, a sweep from the Phoenix Suns? Because I didn't think anybody would say that about their, their series against Denver. By the way, the Clippers are, don't have Kawhi Leonard, and the Clippers don't always play the best at home either. Just kind of want to get some of your overall thoughts on the series and maybe if you entertain that idea at all. Well, you know, tonight is telling. If they win tonight, uh, you know, we may be talking about brooms in game four. Um and I, that thought has crossed my mind. You know, can this be a sweep? You know, the Suns made very quick work of the defending champs in round one. Obviously, uh, went in for the kill. Game three at Denver. Game four at Denver. Uh, wasted no time. Gave themselves about a week off. Um, this is an incredibly talented and motivated and driven team. And, and the rest of the free world may not be thinking gold ball in Phoenix Suns, but they are in that locker room, and that bleep is very, very strong. Um, but I do have pause. Uh, watching what the Clippers did, uh, they've shown more guts, more nads, more backbone than I've ever seen, man. Um, you won game six in Dallas and then come back and won game seven. Um, you won game five in Utah without Kawhi Leonard. And so they've, they've done a lot of very heroic things on the road, very – non-Clipper-like, very non-chokey, very clutch things on the road. And so now they're back home, and obviously it's a death game for them. And, um, you know, know, the coaches and the players, they don't like 
you know, calling, uh, uh, you know, two games into the series, a death game. It's a death game. The yep. Clippers can't lose tonight. If they lose, they're dead. Nobody's ever come from an 0-3 deficit down in the history of the league in any series finals, first round, any series at all. This is a death game for the Clippers tonight. Uh, and I kind of sort of think the Clippers are going to win. Um, but then you've got Chris Paul returning. Uh, you've got a heartbreaking, gut-wrenching, had it and lost a game to loss. So there are reasons to believe that the Suns are going to go in for the kill tonight and, and get this win. But um, Deshaun, you know it, I know it. The boomerang of two road games, losing, and then coming back for that game three home game uh, with your lives on the line, it is very powerful. It is very strong. Uh, it, is, it has been really a tried and true betting angle uh, on the NBA for centuries. Um, I, I mean, decades, but you know what I'm saying. And, uh, and so I, I, at, the, at the end of the day, I think the Clippers are going to win tonight, but I don't have a ton of confidence in it. I understand that. And, and I think it is clear that it is uh, certainly a must-win game. And I was just even thinking the other day, Rick, of course, listening to you on Sirius XM, I'm like thinking to myself, who, who would have thought that of all the, let's just say, really good uh Clippers teams that we have seen in the past obviously last year being one of them the uh teams that Doc Rivers was coaching with Lob City and those guys even dating back to some of the Lamar Odom and Elton Brand teams were really good whoever would have thought that a uh Paul George led team without Kawhi Leonard and some of these other guys are on teams that I wouldn't call bums uh but also just kind of older veteran guys to an extent, if you will, with the exception of Terrence Mann. I don't think they're going to get another performance like they did out of him a couple nights ago, but uh, that this would actually be the team that ended up after 50 odd years or whatever it was to go to, uh, to go to the conference finals. I listened to you on yesterday, you and Sam Mitchell, shout out to you guys and talking about um, the, uh, you know, who has the, I don't think it was more pressure. I can't remember the question, but between them and the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, as, as far as I can't remember the exact analogy. It was, yeah, who's going to win it? Who's going to win it all? Basically we got into that. Yeah. 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 And I, I just thought that some of that was, uh, definitely very telling. Um, let me ask you this, not having Kawhi Leonard, not having, uh, Chris Paul, when do you kind of somewhat anticipate those guys coming back, one guy is an injury, the other one, probably not 100%. None of these guys are, uh, but still out because of the COVID protocol and things like that. How much of a difference has that made between these two teams? And did you expect it to kind of pan out that w this way, considering that neither one of those guys would be active? Um, I thought the Clippers were going get, to get one of the first two games. I really did. And they should have. Uh, and they they totally blew it. Um. Paul George uh, choked, but he choked within a clutch performance. It was really, really ironic. Uh, hit two free throws with just under a minute to go. Had a coast-to-coast -coast layup off the Zubats block and then made a really clutch jumper with 20-some uh, seconds left after Booker hit a clutch jumper to take the lead. And then, of course, missed the two free throws with eight or nine seconds left. And we know the eight and, uh, you know, the Valley Oop and all that kind of stuff. Uh, mm. and, and so a really conflicting confounding game for Paul George but <clears throat> in terms of uh so I thought the Clippers were going to get one of the first two and then you know uh, uh then I thought Chris Paul you know might come back you know game three game four something like that I didn't have intel on that I just had a feeling because once Chris Haynes reported that Chris Paul was asymptomatic I was like aha yeah he's coming back uh pretty soon here 
Um, you know, a lot of guys, uh, Derek Rose uh, was ripped to shreds by the virus. De'Aaron Fox ripped to shreds by the virus. Jason Tatum ripped to shreds by the virus. Um, a lot of guys really went through it. Uh, Chris Paul, luckily uh, for him and, and happy to, uh, to, you know, I mean, he's a great guy, man. Chris Paul's a great guy. So I'm very happy that he didn't have to get dragged through hell uh, with this damn virus. And so when I heard that, I was like, oh, yeah, he's coming back here sooner rather than later. Uh, but it, the Clippers had to get one of those first two games without Chris Paul. And the fact that they couldn't uh, means that they're not going to win this series. Like, if it's 1-1 going back to L.A., all right, game on, even with Chris Paul coming back, even with Kawhi Leonard being out, but not now. It's 2-0. The Clippers got to win four out of the next five uh, against the Suns to win this series with Chris Paul coming back. So that, that math does not compute uh, from the L.A. side. Um, but the Kawhi Leonard thing, Deshaun, um, what I know as a journalist covering sports for since the mid 1990s, whatever the whatever amount of years that is, uh, it's a lot of math. What I know is that when a team conducts an MRI on a player's injury and they do not immediately report what the details are of that injury, every single time it means that the team got bad news on the MRI, and mm. for whatever reason. Uh, gamesmanship, mind gaming the opponent, uh, uh, HIPAA laws, uh, protecting the privacy of health situations with their play, whatever it is, we every single time subsequently find out that, oh, yeah, he tore his ACL. Oh, yeah, he ruptured his quad. Oh, yeah, it's some crazy, terrible injury. Victor Oladipo this year with the Miami Heat, right, mm -hmm. goes up for that dunk. And, uh, and comes down and did not land on the on the bulky leg that he had the quad and knee stuff uh, with Indiana with. And I was like, oh, my God, Victor Oladipo just redid the leg. I can't remember if it was the right side of the leg side. I think it was the right side. But, uh, uh, but that night watching the game, I was like, oh, no, Victor Oladipo just did it. And, and, and I, I just knew watching the game. And so, you know, Bam Adebayo was speaking in the locker room after the game. Oh, man, he's great. He's in here. He's in a good mood and everything. I'm like, I've heard that before. The Miami Heat waited weeks to announce what actually happened to Victor Oladipo. And then we find out that he has to have surgery and he's right back to square one with the quad and the knee situation. He may not play mm -hmm. at all again uh, next year. And that all sucks for Victor Oladipo, who's a really good dude. But uh, but that that's your example right there. When teams sort of hide and shield the details of, of these yeah. MRIs from the public, uh, it usually does not have um, a, a good final chapter. And, and I hope I'm wrong about that. I hope Kawhi Leonard is fine. I hope he can play, um, you know, next year. But, but Deshaun, he ain't playing in these playoffs. I'm pretty sure about that. I know. I'm feeling pretty confident in that myself. And speaking of being in pain, a little bit of pun intended. I'm not sure that I saw Cam pain coming out and doing some of the things that I've seen him doing this postseason if I'm being honest kind of reinvigorated his um his his career a little bit and uh helping himself out a ton I want to talk real quick and obviously DeAndre Aiden has been a huge huge piece of the success that we have seen uh with um with Phoenix so far in in, in this postseason um he was a part of the of the 2018 draft uh obviously that's where we you know also saw marvin magley still waiting on that one to pan out trey young luka Doncic, uh michael porter jr has been big as well and a few others um uh jaron jackson jr and so forth trey young those guys where do you compare that draft class with some of the greater ones we know about the one with mj you know the 84 draft class and even the 2003 with lebron and wade bosch and everybody else carmelo and so forth 
where do you compare this draft class? Like, where is that one in 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 the mind of uh, of of Rick Kemba? I mean, it's probably got to be pretty high at this point. Um, you know, uh, you've got two all-time greats, and uh, and I, you know, are they all-time greats like right now? Well, no, but they're tracking to be all-time greats: Luka Doncic and Trey Young. And uh, I know people, oh, Trey Young, all-time great. Watch the games, check the stats. The guy. <laughs> The guy makes unbelievable history with every single playoff game. He did it again last night. Uh, you know, youngest player to do this. Uh, you know, I think first player in the conference finals ever to go 45 and 10. Like, think about yeah. that. Nobody's ever done that before. Oscar, Jordan, Kobe, LeBron. Like, I mean, that's stupid. Um, and so don't sleep on the fact that Trey Young is tracking towards all-time greatness. He was a badass as a rookie, 30 and 10 in his second year. I think he was 25 and 9 this year. And finally, with the right crew around him, um, you know, and the right coach, uh, they're in the playoffs, he's winning, and everybody's throwing him flowers. And uh, you and I, Deshaun, are like, where the hell were you in his, uh, you know, uh, uh, one-and-done year at Oklahoma? All right, we, we've been there from the beginning, like the Drake song, right? Uh, uh, started mm -hmm. from the bottom, now we're here, all right? And, and so we were there with Trey Young. Um, and so I love him, obviously, you know that. Uh, and a lot of respect for Luca. But it's funny because, um, you know, a lot of people, Deshaun, have tried to sound real smart and get real chesty about the Suns, you know, the Suns passed on Luka Doncic. I can't believe they did that, all this kind of stuff. It's funny how it's all crickets on the Aiton versus Doncic front right now, and it's all been BS all the way along because every single person on planet Earth mocked DeAndre Aiton to the Phoenix Suns with the first Correct. pick in the 2018 draft. So anybody that wants to tell you now that I had Luka going ahead of Aiton, they're lying to you. It is a <laughs> It is a lie. It is a uh, Alex Caruso bald face lie. Okay, <laughs> so don't believe it. Um, and I'm not saying that I would trade uh, uh, Luka Doncic for DeAndre Ayton. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. But I loved Ayton in college. Ayton is an absolute stud. And uh, and the Suns were about to win a championship in DeAndre Ayton's third year. Okay, so all the Luka, you know, all that the revisionist history people, they can just sit down somewhere, man. From Phoenix, uh, uh, played ball at Arizona, and and, and and also with the Phoenix Suns. You don't have to travel uh, very far at all. And I just kind of want to report this, uh, uh, maybe where some people have heard it first. Not sure if you got a hold of this quite yet, uh, Rick, but definitely want to let the people know. Rick Carlisle now uh, headed to Indiana, four years. I uh, feel like I've seen 29 mil, somewhere right up in that range. Don't get me. Uh, I'm terrible at math, so I could be totally wrong about that, trying to report something. Uh, but nonetheless, that is where Rick Carlisle is headed to the Indiana Pacers. Is that back to the Indiana Pacers, Rick? Yeah, it's his third time. Uh, he was an assistant coach with Indiana, uh, I want to say 97 to 2000, uh, and then went to, I believe it was Detroit, um, and then went back to Indiana. Uh, he was the head coach of the team, um, you know, when they had uh, – Ron Artest and uh, Steven yeah. Jackson and the Malice at the Palace. He was the head coach of that team. Um, and uh, and then obviously went from Indiana to Dallas, did great things, won a championship, and now he's going back. So uh, he's very familiar and obviously very friendly with the Simon family um, who governs the Indiana Pacers. And I like the move. I like the move a lot. Uh, I, I absolutely love the move because you have completely screwed up the head coaching position. You should never have let go of Nate McMillan. They did. That blew up in their face. Uh, in a gargantuan way uh, with Nate Bjorkren. I mean, what? 
I mean, way in over his head as a head coach um, and, and proved that in, a, in an abundancy of ways. And, uh, and so that's a one and done. And that's a terrible look um, for an NBA front office. Uh, and now they're getting it totally right. And I think Kevin Pritchard is saving his job uh, with this hire because I think Rick Carlisle is going to get Indiana um, into the four or five range um, up out of the play-in tournament. I mean, I, li- I literally think that, you know, you've obviously got the big three with Philly, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn, and that's going to remain here for, uh, uh, for, for a period of time. Um, and then it's, you know, Knicks, Hawks, Heat, and Pacers, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, to, to vie for four, five, and six. And, uh, and, and I, I want to put Indiana firmly in that. I mean, you've got Brogdon, you've got Lavert, you've got TJ Warren, you've got DeMontis Sabonis, and you've got Miles Turner. That's a sure. badass starting five, man. It and is. so Rick Carlisle is. is going to get the best out of them. I absolutely love that hire. Are you with a new coach, uh, Mike Woodson, formerly of the Atlanta Hawks and New York Knicks and the NBA, and obviously uh, Indiana Pacers now with Rick Carlisle and a new coach as well. Uh, Rick Kamler joining us in the locker room right now, episode number 88 of Tate's Take, co-host of Give and Go on Sirius XM NBA radio channel 86, I feel like that is. I listen to it all the time. Got to go and support my dude at Rick Kamler Sports. Go and give him a follow so you can educate yourself a little bit. Now I want to transition a little bit because we only have a couple more minutes here promise to get you out of here relatively quickly um for what we call the hawk talk portion of our show and because that particular portion of the show is sponsored let me make sure i go ahead and do what i'm supposed to do here uh sponsored and powered by exotics products exotics by curtis smith look good feel good play great exotics products dot com all 110 percent natural products no chemicals added give your skin what it deserves but not before you go to the checkout uh and, and check out and put in that discount code tates take get your 15 percent off now uh we've seen a big time win game one the hawks win game one again they're undefeated in game ones in the postseason this year kind of want to pick your brain a little bit obviously on what we've seen i'm not sure that there's anybody waking up this morning that's not talking about trey young's performance and the atlanta hawks probably feel like they're the most disrespected team that's remaining here in the playoffs uh just give me a little bit of your thoughts and if we can really afford to keep on counting out this team because it feels like all they're gonna do is go and win more games every time when are people gonna take this team serious yeah and and i mean look man look i i don't i don't fault anybody for picking the milwaukee bucks over the atlanta hawks come on Mm -hmm. they just beat the nets okay they just beat the nets and they were the number one team in the entire league the previous two years. Uh, they were number three in the East this year, number six overall. This is a team that's firmly in the championship fast lane. They have more experience than the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, they have, uh, you know, the Hawks have a lot of talent. And so I want to be careful about this. Um, you know, who has more talent, Bucks or Hawks? You know, I, it's a coin flip. Um, and, and so... But, but, you know, based on where they've been and where they are now, people that wanted to pick the Bucks over the Hawks, I have no problem with it at all. Um, but we know how ball players are, Deshaun. Um, they will take the external stimulus and they will internalize it and turn it into fuel, okay? And so, mm-hmm. you know, we're getting disrespected and all this kind of stuff. You know, whether we media members really agree with that or not, it doesn't matter because it's fuel for a locker room. And the Hawks are certainly um, using that. now. I mean, I'm surprised that the Atlanta Hawks are in the East Finals and up one love on Milwaukee in their first playoff run together. Come on. 
they're shocking the world right now. They're not supposed to be here. And uh, I think it's an unbelievably cool story that they are. And, and I mean, think about it. John Collins, totally hated on, right? Oh, you know, he's just a stack guy and all this kind of stuff. Well, I saw him make a ballsy three last night from, uh, from the left corner, uh, down four, made it a one-point game, biggest shot of the game. He's made a ton of those shots for the Hawks. Bogey Bogdanovich playing on a, on a, on a uh, basically injured right knee. Uh, like a tough guy. Clint Capella flexing, had a huge putback last night to put the Hawks up. Obviously, Trey Young is a stud. Um, they got a lot of weapons, man. Gallo off the bench has given them something. Lou Williams has had big games. I mean, my God, Kevin Herter, the game seven mm-hmm. performance at Philly. They got answers, Deshaun. They got answers. And uh, look, at this point, I'm I'm done. Uh, I'll tell you this. When they beat, uh, when they won... I didn't think they were going to win game seven at, at Philadelphia, Deshaun. I, I picked the Hawks to win that series in six, all right? Sure. And uh, and so I had it pegged, right? You win game five at Philly, you come back, all right, just close them out. Game six at home, no problem, yep. right? Well, yep. they screwed it up. Uh, the Georgia sports curse reared its ugly head. They made a million <laughs> mistakes in that game. And I was like, there's no way they're winning game seven at Philly because history tells us that that just doesn't happen, especially for a young team like this. Same well, here. They, well, they did it. All right, and so I'm done doubting them. I'm done done doubting them. I'm done putting a ceiling on them. And you survey the landscape. Um, you know they're up one on the Bucks. The Bucks don't have Dante. Uh, the Suns are full. They are healthy, and I believe the Suns are going to win this gold ball. Uh, the Clippers aren't going to have Kawhi Leonard. So if you're a Hawks fan, why not? You don't have to slay the dragon that is LeBron James. You don't have to slay the dragon that is Kevin Durant. They're already out. So mm-hmm. the door is never going to be more wide open for the Hawks to go win a championship. Again, I think the Suns are going to hug up on this gold ball and have the parades and the, the cigars and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, but if the Hawks won, um, they have taken me from a point where if the Hawks won it all this year, I wouldn't be shocked. I would be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked. Whereas uh, a week ago, I would have been shocked, surprised, dismayed, uh, blown off my chair, all that kind of stuff if the Hawks won. But right now I'm at a point where um, I would no longer be shocked, but I would be surprised. Uh, and, and nobody knows more about, you know, the Hawks and basketball in this market and some of the things that the sports teams have been through better than we have. Rick Cam obviously been here for a while. And Crimson Bagman chiming in with us uh, on Periscope. Appreciate you. I feel like that's Brandon and Lindale. And I could it is, be completely it is, off it is. base with that's that. That's exactly who Rick that is. <laughs> shout out I'm to Brandon, of, man. Shout out to Brandon. Appreciate you for supporting the show, bro. My last question here with you, Cam. Um, on this quick release, uh, uh, Hawk Talk portion of the show, uh, and, and for the uh, for to conclude it, is are we are we as a people, uh, uh, whether it be media or analysts or just fans of basketball, uh, are are like I feel like there are some um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, so, so some loopholes, if you will. Uh, with this Milwaukee, like how we felt about Milwaukee, about, you know, maybe they're not really tough. And I know, you know, uh, different players coming in, you know, uh, being a part of that is making them a little bit tougher and whatever else, but um, that they are somewhat still vulnerable because we saw, yeah, they beat the Nets, but that was with a one and a half star led uh, Nets team. Uh, Are we making a mistake by maybe giving them too much credit now as maybe front runners to win this thing or whatever? Are we completely forgetting about who Milwaukee was not too long ago, I guess, is is really my question to you. Are we making a mistake by putting too much confidence in them? 
Uh, I mean, after last night, yeah, Chris Middleton was 6-23. of 23. Chris Middleton had a beautiful look uh, from the right wing to tie that game. Um, and I promise you that Nate McMillan did not uh, anticipate uh, you know, or draw up a defense that would afford that look to Chris Middleton. Uh, because if you're a Hawks fan, you're, oh, my God, Middleton. Oh, he missed it. Like, I thought that shot was going in. Uh, Middleton hit the game-winning shot in game seven uh, in overtime against the Nets, right? Hit a little uh, step back midi from the left side, and uh, and I thought that shot was going to go in, but he had a terrible game. Um, Brooke Lopez, uh, uh, he wasn't even in the game, and and I understand he didn't play all that well, and it's a tough matchup for him and stuff. But does Clint Capella get that offensive rebound and put back at like 29 seconds with Lopez on the floor, uh, with Connaughton out there for him, and then Connaughton had an epic air ball later on. I was like, you why do. is Connaughton in this game right now? Like, if you need a three, I would put Forbes out there over Connaughton. Um, and so I, I think Coach Bud really messed up last night. Um, and I know Lopez had one rebound. And I know he's not a great rebounder in general. I know he struggles in high screen and roll with the 1-5 when, and how the Hawks love to run basically every play that they run. Um, but to me, like, I, Lopez, they, he's a huge part of what they do. He is their fourth best player, Okay. And so mm -hmm. just to say, all right, screw it. In game one, it's not going to work out, and this isn't going to be a Brooke Lopez series. I feel like it was way too early to pull pull the plug on Brooke Lopez, and there were situations where it reared its ugly head uh, uh, late in that game, and, and I think kind of opened the door for the Hawks to get that win. Cam, uh, last thing I got for you. You got on your NBA Summer League shirt, dude. Are we meeting up in Vegas this year? Because it feels like because of the pandemic, it's been forever since we had a chance to do that. And it was really only about two years ago or so, two, three years ago. Are we meeting back up in Vegas or you all be partaking? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know what the bosses have in store at Sirius XM NBA Radio. Uh, and, uh, and so I'll just leave it at that. I, I don't know. Uh, I would, I would just welcome you and everybody to stay tuned. Obviously, uh, I would like to go, uh, I love Las Vegas. Uh, even more importantly, I love, uh, the summer league right here. I think I'm screwing it up the, the summer league. Um, and, uh, yeah, I wore this a little shout out to you, Deshaun. Um, so I, I, I hope it's in the cards. I don't know. And, uh, and, but, uh, I, it's a great sign that the Vegas summer league is back and that, and that the, uh, uh, you know, Warren Legary and Albert Hall out there are, uh, they're, they're chomping at the bit, man. They missed out on, uh, you know, probably a lot of revenue last summer with no Vegas summer league and, um, yeah. the fans love it. I love it. Um, I, I think it's a great event. And so, uh, if I'm invited, I will certainly go. Those houses get as packed as regular NBA games. My dude, Rick Kamla, co-host of Give and Go, Sirius XM NBA Radio, Channel 86. Make sure you go and give him a follow on all social media platforms at Rick Kamla Sports. That is at Rick Kamla Sports. Um, I appreciate you, Cam. Thanks for joining the program, man. I said we were going to get you out of here. On your way out, tell me if Trey Young is considered a superstar now or do we still have to pump the brakes? I... I... Look, Antonio Daniels has me all messed up in the brain on the superstar thing because <laughs> okay. I, I'm a, I'm a guy that throws the word around and and he he blocks my shot like deep, <laughs> like Dikembe Mutombo back in the day. I mean, he Antonio won't even call James Harden a superstar. <laughs> really? Yeah. And so I'm all I'm all in my brain about the word superstar, man. And I blame Antonio Daniels, uh, the great okay. Antonio Daniels, who I love working with every day on Give and Go. Uh, but like to me, I'm a little bit more flippant a little bit more easy with the word and okay. uh and and it, he he checks most of the superstar boxes for me uh sure. but uh but antonio's got me up in my brain i'm like wait what james harden isn't a superstar okay now right. i'm really confused 
So uh, that superstar word is uh, is is befuddling, uh, uh, I think, to a lot of us. I think it is overused in some situations, Deshaun. Uh, but Trey Young is checking a lot of those superstar boxes for me. Cam, thanks so much for joining the program, man. I can't wait till we get a chance to uh, connect up again. Congratulations on all of your endeavors uh, and all that good stuff, man. And can't wait to get out there in uh, your neck of the woods down in Florida again so we can, you know, kind of do some hanging out and engaging in some uh, – uh, uh, code beverages. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> you got it, Deshaun. God bless you and your fan, man. And thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you. That's my dude, Rick Hamlin, man, coming through, showing us some love here on episode number 88. Always grateful and thankful for uh, him to be able to come through, man, and bless us and grace us with, uh, with his presence and his knowledge of the game. He's just a really, really huge uh, uh, hoop head, and uh, there aren't very many more than they are uh, Deshaun Tate, but nonetheless, uh, I guess that exists. I mean, most people probably didn't even think that exists. That's it for our quick release segment, sponsored and powered by Exotics Products, Exotics by Curtis Smith. Look good, feel good, play great, give your skin what it deserves, all of the good stuff that they uh, certainly have to uh to offer skin restoration replenishment uh for razor bumps skin rescue irritation uh, exfoliation soaps body soaps shave therapy wave activation shea butter body glaze all that good stuff balms and masks and gels and oils and cleansers and sanitizers and you name it they've got it all there make sure that you go to exoticsproducts.com but not before in the checkout line uh, that you go to the discount code, put in Tate's Take. You see it there at the bottom on the ticker, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E, for your 15% off. And not only is it going to conclude that this portion of the show, uh, but we'll also be coming back a little bit later on this evening. we got some really awesome stuff and more guests coming on. Please go and subscribe anywhere you find your favorite podcast, Tate's Take iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, the whole nine also streaming live on Periscope, uh, on Twitch, as well as on uh, YouTube and on Facebook. Follow on social media, all social media platforms at Tate's Take Hoops, T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E-H-O-O-P-S, hashtag, don't forget where basketball lives. I'll see you guys a little bit later on this evening. Bye.